Thank you for joining us for part two of this very special two-part episode of Magnificent Whiskers. We've been talking with my friend Justin, and we've covered everything from rap culture to ankylosaurs and everything in between, and this conversation uh, does nothing but get better from here, so I'm really excited for you to hear the conclusion, and I just wanted to take a second to say thank you again for sticking around. Enjoy. In the interest of full disclosure, I want to point out, Justin and I uh, originally met because his younger brother is my oldest friend. Yep. So Brian and I have been friends since kindergarten. And when he moved away from Lewisburg, I ended up following. <laughs> Although we were both too young for that to have been intentional in any capacity. Um, we, I followed into the school where he was. We fell out of touch for a little while, but then when we got to be teenagers, uh, reconnected and we talk occasionally every now and again. Um, and then what you and I just kind of found each other on social media again. And yeah. I realized that you're fucking amazing and, uh, started, you know, by snatching up your, your pieces of art and, uh, reading your books and really just falling in love in general. So the, I was going to mention this. I'm glad you brought it up that you and you, you mentioned Travis earlier, Travis and I graduated together. Yes. Um, but my brother always had that group of friends over and it was always, yeah, some, I don't remember all their names, Chris. Um, yeah, Chris Burns. and Jesse, yeah, Chris Burns and Jesse yeah. and Justin Engel would come in there every once in a while, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there were, there was, and what's really weird is I've always been part of that Venn diagram, but I only ever went to any of those parties like once. Right. <laughs> There's there's always a weird like, and then your sister got me in trouble. My sister got you in trouble. Well, that's my brother now. Well, all right. Well, then Sam. Yes. Um, I got arrested because of her. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, a few years ago. Uh, I was underage drinking, not partying or anything. I had a beer or two. Oh, I think I heard about this. Didn't they get like fucking crazy or something, and the cops showed up? But yeah, no, I was, so I was upstairs. It was a half double. I don't mind telling about this because it's fucking like. It's ancient know. history. Yeah. Everybody's moved on now. Years ago. So we'll just say it was a half a double. I was upstairs drinking, having a, like, I think I blew enough the the equivalent of like two beers, but I was 19 or 20, whatever. Um, and a bunch of my brother's friends, Sam included, went downstairs and uh, into the basement. They, I didn't even know they were there. Um, and they were smoking weed. Oh, man. And the neighbor called the cops. And, you know, the cops fucking did the whole, like, you're drinking, you're partying, whatever. I didn't know. So I was like, no, I, I mean, I had a beer or two. And, uh, yeah, up come, like, six kids. They were... <laughs> They were five or six years younger than I was. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, no, he gave us the weed. Oh, no, they didn't. Yep. So I ended uh, up, oh, I had like $3,000 in fines, corruption of minors. Uh, that's that fucked. <laughs> yeah. See, and I have an overwhelming urge to want to apologize, but I have no, <laughs> I have no yeah, skin no, in that it, game at all. But like, it, it, we oh. were, uh, we were at odds for a little bit. Like I, I held a grudge against you simply because of Sam. 
because I didn't know her or him. Sorry, I don't. All good. All good. Yeah, you literally just got the news. Like, it's totally fine. The second ago, so I I was like, ah, Jeremy, I know <laughs> you didn't have anything to do with it. Well, no, it's. Like, <laughs> The, the funniest part about that is I could not have been more removed from that situation if possible. During that period of time in my life, I was a like devout conservative Christian. I, I broke up with a girlfriend at the time because, well, one part because she smoked pot, one part because of who she smoked the pot with, which was her ex-boyfriend, who she dumped to start seeing me and, and then lied about it to me. Um, and so like, like my brother and I were very at odds at that point in time in my life. So like this, I heard, I told you, I heard about this story from like whisper down the lane, like three people removed because he he certainly didn't tell me I had like, I only found out about it a long time, uh, a long time later, like a year or two later, I had no fucking clue. Um, so like, it's just hysterical that I could not have been more removed from that situation, but that still drew, (laughs) still drew some ire. No, the only time that I was there and I, I kid you not, I was there literally once was when we invented flaming hacky sack with the tiki torch lid. Oh God. We lit, we soaked a tiki torch lid in, in the fluid, lit it on fire, and started playing hacky sack with it. And it almost caught the house on fire. Yep. Because, like, Chris dodged and it, like, went into the kitchen or something. Um, there, was a, there was always some fucking wonky thing going on. Like, I would come out of my bedroom and, yeah, there's six kids. I have no idea who they are. And they're like, one's wearing underwear on his head playing Grand Theft Auto. Like, what's up with this? <laughs> yep, pretty much that. And that was where, so that was where everybody, and this kind of ties into a little bit of <laughs> of my experience with Dungeons and Dragons. That's where everybody went to play D&D. Yeah. And so because I wasn't into any of that shit, I, I wasn't a drinker. I didn't smoke pot. I didn't do any of that. Um, shit, I, I even held out. I, I, at that point in time in my life, I was like, I'm not having sex till I get married. Fun fact, I have four kids and I'm not married. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I was never, I was never invited to play. And I'm really glad that I wasn't because the one time I was going to join it, fucking, uh, Ange and her boyfriend at the time were like running the game or something like that. Or Chris was, I don't remember. AJ was always there. And, um, and I found out that basically what they would do is they would like roll up their characters, they would start the adventure, and they'd be going into the forest, and then Chris would be like, and you found some pot, let's go smoke. And everybody would go downstairs and get completely baked and then stop playing the game. Yeah, sounds about right. I wasn't, I wasn't ever part of that, but sounds about right. That would have been 0% fun for me. So I find out about this thing called Dungeons and Dragons when I'm in high school, and it's right up my alley. I'm reading Dragonlance novels for the first time in my life. Uh, I'm going through all kinds of crazy shit, um, you know, uh, emotionally and mentally and growing very, very rapidly in that way. And I'm like, this seems like something I really want to get into, but everybody that I know that plays this game, like everybody in high school thought I was a stoner because I spent time around Jesse and AJ and everybody who that's what they did. That was yeah. not me at all, though. So I had to I had to wait until after I graduated high school to play my first game. And my first game was literally like three sessions. Um, and then I started running my own games because I got tired of waiting on other people. Right. Sounds uh, about right. Yeah. So I just I it, and and then Colby, you actually you you were in like my first game ever that I ran. I think um, second because 
I I showed up at like the tail end of that campaign. You were in, weren't you and in the God, the God Slayer nope. campaign? No, no, no. I I was there for like the last session or two, hanging out, and then I started playing the game after that. Yeah. That, uh, okay. AJ well, that ran. wasn't. Yeah, I was gonna say that wasn't the one I was I was running. That was the one AJ ran. Yeah. Where Justin was uh, the Incubus Bard. Yep. Yeah, uh, that was intense. And then that's where my character Naruto came out. But yep. you know, that's that's all talked about back on the D and D episode. So yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad that you're uh, you seem to be past it now. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> that's that's very good. And um, so, how many novels have you published to date? Uh, let's see. How many novels? Um, two. Or just books. Well, I was going to say, so I, I have two novels. Uh, the first one, I Without Her, and the second one, A Darkness at the Door. Um, now, I Without Her is I a own. poetry one, right? No, I Without Her is uh, it's my first novel. It's uh, I, I wanted to write an autobiography about uh, basically a gray character, like uh, thinks he's doing good, but not. He's kind of a shit. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, the problem with that was when I put it out, a lot of people, like family members included, uh, bought it and thought it was me. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I, had to, I had to explain to them, like, do you know what fiction is? <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, yeah, of course, but some of that's you. And I said, well, no. <laughs> none of that's me (laughs) (laughs) that's that's what that's what fiction writing is Uh, uh, oh man so i have i have two novels i'm working on the third right now um i have let's see two three three poetry um there's the about last night the other one i can't remember the name of that's silly and then there's a the third one is poetry and short stories. Okay. Um, and then like I have a, a silly art book out that I only got one copy of. And, so. hey, I mean that's well, and if I have anything to say about it, we'll change some of that because of course I'm going to put links to anywhere that this stuff is available in the show notes for anybody who listens to this. Um, I have to say, again, I know I've used these words a few times, but I just, I authentically love uh, pretty much everything that I've seen you do. Um, I know that there was one piece in particular that you actually ended up making. And I can't remember if you said that it just reminded you of me and that's why you sent it to me or if you made it because of me. But I, of course, I ended up buying the damn thing, which was uh, uh, a really... The, the Vegeta that, one. Yeah, the Vegeta one, the mashup with, uh, with Vegeta and then, um, what is it, Sam from... Uh, Army of Darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Evil Dead. Evil Dead, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the same thing, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the character's name is Ash. Yeah. Ash, why did I say Sam? Oh, you know why I said Sam? Because Bruce Campbell plays, I think his last name is Malone. I think it's Sam, no, it's not Sam Malone, that's Cheers. Uh, it's his Sam something else. Uh, he's in a show that I really like called um, Burn Notice. Right. And that's immediately where my brain went. That uh, is a really good show. It just, it makes me want to eat yogurt constantly. Uh, <laughs> Cause that's all the dude eats. It's ridiculous. But anyway, yeah. So I really, I really enjoyed that. And then um, I purchased a piece that you created. Bruce Campbell. Yes. I said that Colby. <laughs> you never said his last name. You specifically couldn't think of his last name. 
Colby, when you go back and listen to the episode, you'll find that that's <laughs> anyway, moving on. Um, Never mind. So you, you had done uh, an owl that was like almost in pointillism. Yeah. And I think, I think that was a print that you ended up um, selling. I wanted to ask you if you remember when you made that owl, was the, the beak supposed to look like a finger? Uh, no. So okay. if it looks like a finger, that's on you. It, yeah, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, so that, that actually makes me feel a lot better about it than it is just in my head, because every time I look at the damn thing's face, it looks like a finger with a long nail. Um, and yeah. I don't know what that says about me, but that's how I ended up interpreting it. So every time I look at it on the wall, I'm like, that owl has a finger on its face. Um, yeah, so, and then are you, are we at a place where we could talk about our joint project? Uh, yeah, just real quick, though. I wanted to, um, like, so I've all but quit our like, I don't do it anymore. Yeah, do you mind unpacking that a little bit for me? Because, like, with all due respect, what the fuck? Uh, it's, all right, so just, I get burnout easy. Okay. Um, Art burnout is definitely I, a thing. Yeah, and I, and I don't want to talk shit on anybody, um, but I just don't like communities. It, there's a weird, like, there's two parts of me inside. Like I want to be accepted, but also I don't want to be accepted to a group that would have me as a member. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, you want to be appreciated for your work, but also left the fuck alone. Just sort of, I guess. But like, I, I, it always comes down to like, um, I don't like when people will get up their own ass about it. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, and it, and more often than not, and I, and I'm, I'm not a very outgoing person. So when I, when I was selling art constantly, it was, it was me being customer service 24 mm. Okay. Uh, because people would just message me and I would have like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't really care about you or your kids, you know what I mean? But like, sure, let's talk and you're going to give me 20 bucks. It's not worth it. <laughs> right. Okay. Like, that's fair. I just sort of, and, and that's a made up, scenario but like that's the the sentiment is the same so i just uh, i quit um i didn't want to lead a cause that i didn't believe in you know what i mean i didn't want to like put shows on anymore hoping that people would get you know get there to see these people's like because all the local artists around here are amazing yeah um and i I just, it kept falling on me to, to book shows and I, it was tiring. Like, so, so it's just, you know, it's the industry that sort yeah. of drew you out of the art itself. Yeah. I get that. And so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of industries that like, it just takes so much outside of the core skill to actually yeah. operate. And it's, it's exhausting. There's, I mean, there's a reason that like, musicians have producers and uh, talent agents and things like that. Because even if you could physically do the work yourself, just doing it is exhausting in addition to everything else you're doing. Yep. And I, yeah. And uh, who's got money for an agent? Fucking not me. That's fair. <laughs> Especially in Sunbury. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I totally get that. As far as our joint project goes, yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I mean, is it, I don't know that it's fair to call it a joint project per se. I just participate in it, but that was the best well, way that I could think of to introduce it. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll just lay it out. Uh, so the, the new book I'm writing, um, I don't really have a title for it, but I'm just calling it Sea Haven, which is the name of the town that I invented for this. Ooh, um, I'm ex- I, by the way, just, just to preface this, I know nothing about what these two are about to talk about, and I am so excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, normally I'm very, very vocal with Colby and with like everybody that I talk to about these projects that I'm working on. With this one, like I've shared some of it with certain people, but I haven't really been as like loud about it because it's not ready to go. Believe me, when you release this, I'm going to be like screaming in everybody's face about it because I too am not excited about it. And that's just who I am. But anyway, I'm shutting up. Please continue. Um, it's not really a secret, but I that's haven't fair. really told, you know what I mean? Like, so it's just not something I'm talking about, I guess, but it's in no way a secret. Um, so yeah, I, I, I grew up reading Stephen King a lot and I really love the whole, uh, imaginary song where bad shit happens all the time. Yeah. Like so Castle Rock or Dairy or whatever. So I sort of, I sort of like did that. I created a town um, in Massachusetts because I love Massachusetts um, called Sea Haven. And in an effort to, I suppose, make an entire real world fictionally, um, I got it in my head that to go along with this, this novel that I'm writing, I'm going to put like, I'm going to make missing posters, um, travel brochures and newspaper, um, which is what I got Jeremy to help me with. Uh, two other, uh, you know, Sasha. Yeah. Uh, she, she's writing an article for me and another friend of mine, uh, Bender is, and they, uh, I just, I want to write a newspaper. I, cause I always like wanted to be a journalist without, talk it's such a weird thing i don't want to talk to people but i want to hear people's stories you know what i mean oh yeah so yeah i just had this idea like why not just fucking print a whole newspaper to go along with this novel you don't need to read the novel to enjoy the newspaper but when you do read the novel it'll be like an extra and these are the things going on in town sort of thing right that's awesome but there's like a weird I don't want to say, because I'm still writing it, so I'm still ironing out the things. And I keep, you know, every time you send me something, Jeremy, I always, like, have to take a step back and, like, do I want to go that direction or do I want to, you know what I mean, like, keep it more, because I don't want to go completely supernatural. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. It's it's a slippery slope. Once, you know, (laughs) once there are, like, goblins, you know, introduced, (laughs) then... (laughs) And yeah, then I'm not writing a fiction, I'm writing fantasy, which is, right. you know, like not a thing that I'm very good at. So I, I've always tried to keep everything on like a, on a line and that line changes in my head all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that's complete, why, it's yeah. It's a completely I, arbitrary thing. <laughs> no, the, but, but those are, those lines are really important because, you know, as like, Finding the mental space to think about what you're writing 
can really, really change the way you write it. Well then, right. and Colby, you've consumed enough of my work and you've played enough D&D with me to know that if I'm writing these newspaper articles, that wherever he draws that line, it could be completely ignored. It could yeah. be, like, I just, I try, I make intentional efforts to try to go as far outside the box as I possibly can. But in, then again, in these articles, I let my mind roam as much as it would, but then also try to bring it back in such a way where it almost feels like something that, that you might actually, like might be an urban legend, yeah. might be something that you would come across. Now, some of it's a little bit more fantastical than that, but, um, but that's what I've tried to keep in mind every step of the way, no matter what I've sent you. But I'm sure that I've like fucking waltzed right over that line more than once. So, um, the the newspaper itself, I'm calling it the Patriot Mirror, um, and it's it's going to be, I want to say, a National Enquirer esque newspaper. Okay, it's not the most well like well respectable. Yeah, yeah, but are we going to have a bat boy? The same thing could be. No, well, yeah, uh, <laughs> I was going to say the same thing could be said could be said about the daily item. You know what I mean? Like, Ooh, shots fired. If you read... Yeah, well, it be better. <laughs> I don't know. What do you want me to do? Um, there's, a, there's a friend of the show just, that is... Um, that works closely with them. I'll put it that way. And, uh, yeah. All right, I well, mean, I'm sure, I'm sure they're, they're as well aware of what you're saying. Like, I'm not going to cut this out or anything. Like, it's, it's your opinion. You're right. completely entitled to it. There are certain directional leanings that I don't agree with. How's that? Sure. Um, but no, so, I mean, it could be said about any newspaper, really. Like, right, that's fair. Sort of. Um, so I want it to be this, you know, newspaper that reports on the, air quote, facts. <laughs> <laughs> whether, those, whether those facts are actually facts are a different thing altogether um okay some of the stuff you've sent me jeremy uh goes into like almost night veil-esque things yes. which i absolutely which i absolutely love but i'm not trying to write night veil you know what i mean okay um and that's not a critique on your work because i fucking love it and yeah like do i take some of this and like just massage it a little bit i don't know yeah, and but, I, I want to be super clear, like, massage the fuck out of it. Like, they use it as a jumping off right. point. Like, that's perfectly fine. But I've also right. had... So so I leaned in that direction. Right. So that makes a lot of um, sense. But they're, like, even in summary, I'll, I'll give this away. So um, I walk my stepkid to the bus stop every day, and I walk back to pick him up. All right, so I have to walk down this alley. and maybe about three months ago, I realized that there were like three or four solid black paint hands on the side of buildings. Weird. Yeah. Uh, they're about the size of a child's, a little bit bigger, like so maybe a teenager, I guess. But they're up high enough that like they had to have been intentional, right? Okay. So there's four or five and 
like it it looks like maybe somebody put their hand in tar like logically explaining this away looks like somebody put their hand in tar and just tried to like you know oh, i'm gonna put my hand on it whatever so it probably means nothing but because i'm in the middle of writing like a horror story you see four black like handprints on the side of walls your mind starts wondering a little bit you yeah. know what i mean so maybe there's an entire thing that I'm not aware of in the underbelly of the surrounding towns. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So that, all that's the- one of the things I love about like, uh, like modern and urban fantasy because there's like, there are no lines to what is or isn't or can or can't be magic or weird or right. bizarre or like, um, uh, Lovecraftian, like right. eldritch horror in modern settings can be just fucking terrifying. I love that. And this goes back to the everybody thinking that they're the the hero of the story. Uh, if something like that is happening, you are the guy that's in his apartment and has no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. So there's a story going on to somebody else, and he's realizing magic and goblins and tentacles from the abyss and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but you're watching, you're catching up on the good place. You know what I mean? Like it. Good yes, call out. I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> I, I name dropped that. Cause I saw that you fucking posted about it and I just caught up last night. What a it picture. is, it is just the greatest show. Excuse me. That I've ever I am, watched. I am very far behind. So let's not spoil this shit. (laughs) Not a problem. Saying something is good doesn't ruin it. No, that's fair. I was trying to stop you before we went any further. That was my goal. All right. (laughs) Uh, And now I'm going to, like, because I just started watching Lucifer because to go back to, I wanted to say this earlier when we were talking about musicals, uh, but I forgot. I, I had been meaning to, it was on my list, but I hadn't watched it yet. And then I read that in the most recent season, they're doing a musical episode. And I'm like, oh, well, that does it. Now I have to watch the whole goddamn thing so that I can know what's going on. Yeah, you, um, are, a, you are a sucker for musical episodes. I, I really am. But, like, I'm not ups- I'm not mad. Like, <laughs> best episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Once more with feeling. Very nice. Hands down. Well, okay, actually, that's difficult to say because the gentleman... But anyway, um, so, okay, so I'm going to pick you, pick your brain a little bit then here, um, just so that, because I'm not done writing for, for uh, the Patriot Mirror at all. I, I fully intend on continuing to submit pieces. If, if I'm leaning too hard so far toward Welcome to Night Vale, then yeah. what, like, tell me a little bit more about how I should be thinking about this to kind of give the right tone and right feel to what's happening without it peppering too much of the supernatural in. And the reason I want to have this conversation on the podcast is just to give anybody who's listening an opportunity to listen to this creative pot, uh, creative uh, process and, and uh, experience this feedback a little bit here. All right. Um, <clears throat> have you ever seen the movie blue velvet? I have not. All right. That's your homework. Blue velvet <laughs> is uh movie from the 80s by David Lynch. Okay. Um, it already going to be an experience. Yeah. 
it's it's one of his it's one of his less weirdo movies. We'll say that. Um, but I, above all, am like obsessed with the idea of the the postcard town having an underbelly. Okay. All right. And that's and that's all that it. It's not it's not any like supernatural or anything like that. But like. Just picture everybody that like always says the fifties were the, the, you know, the greatest time. Yeah. Just, just think of the quintessential fifties, like nice lawn, picket fence. Everybody's super friendly, blah, blah, blah. Aside from all the, you know, women aren't women and black people aren't people like ignore all that and just concentrate on, Oh wow. Look how, you know, ideal everything is. Okay. Under that, there's shit going on. Oh, well, you can't use half the shit I've sent you. But, <laughs> but, listen, but the, the, the paper that I'm writing is exposing all of that. Okay. While at the same time claiming to have seen Bigfoot. Right. Okay. So, because it's like some of them are in, almost intentionally too goofy to throw people off of the fact that they're right. actually telling you the truth. Right. Because a clock's always right twice a day, right? So a newspaper that's not well known for telling the truth could probably slip a couple things of truth in there, right? Without but, anyone being too suspicious. Yeah. It's the old... um uh, there was a thought experiment that, like, you can't going going back to the aliens. You can't just outright say the aliens are here. You have to gently guide people to believe that they are, and then give them the proof. Oh, can I tell you? I have a story idea that does that. Sure. So, uh, actually, let me see if I can find it here really quick. Um, it is. I want to do it as an audio drama. Mm-hmm. And because I'm obsessed with audio dramas right now. Um, so I, let me see, I think I just pulled up the document. Navigating my Google Drive is like something that's going to, would make your head melt. Um, okay. So yes. So here it is. I'm tentatively calling it uh, Kingdom Species. So what I have written, I'm going to read you exactly what I have written in this document. And the last time I edited it, it looks like it was on June 27th, but that's not necessarily <laughs> this year. Cryptozoological sightings have increased by a factor of 10 in the last two years. In response, the government has created a new, very small organization to investigate and mitigate the blowback. Two investigators team up to inspect the claims of sightings and find help for those who are simply coping with some tragedy or awful circumstance. So somebody claims to have seen the chupacabra, but it turns out that, like, you know, their son was mauled by a sheep or something. And, and that's, you know, this is how they're coping with it. Which, is, which absolutely happens. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, It is only when they do end up on the trail of an actual unexplainable creature that the new skeptical agent finds himself unable to refute the truth any longer. Peter, the doubter, awakens to discover that this journey has been nothing but a dream, and it was engineered to make him more comfortable with the unexplainable, as all of their simulations proved his mind would shatter otherwise. He's been chosen as their ambassador, and he will lead the aliens in talks with humans in regard to sharing knowledge. 
And that is immediately that is immediately what that, that made me think of. <laughs> I like yeah. it. I don't hate it, which is pretty high praise. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fucking take it. Okay, so um, the I, I I think I'm tracking a little bit more with this idea. I'm going to see if I can find Blue Velvet anywhere that I can watch that I don't have to pay for it right now, which I'm sure is possible. Um, not necessarily talking about piracy, but more like if it's on Netflix or some shit. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's on Netflix. It might be on Prime. I know for certain it's not on Netflix because I just looked it up, but I will look on um, Amazon Prime. And I also have the Hulu. And uh, I can even check on HBO because I have a really generous friend who's letting me use their HBO thing so that I could watch Game of Thrones and uh, Ballers, which was spectacular. Um, but okay, I feel like I have, once I watch this movie and now that we've had this conversation, I feel like I have a little bit more of an understanding. Um, but I, I retract my previous statement that you can't use half the shit that I sent you because the, the newspaper is somewhat sensationalized. Yeah, it's but, it's just picking and choosing which one's the right one to to use. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. You gotta find the balance between all these different like disparate elements to make something that fits what you need. Right, right. And then yeah. there's also like, would this be the type of newspaper that would also be like exposing the the celebrity couples who are splitting up and their multi million dollar divorce because this one cheated and that one, I don't know was having sex with a sheep or something like first of all we need to talk about your obsession with sheep are you all right uh yeah that was intentional <laughs> uh, uh i don't i don't think they i don't think the patriot mirror uh cares much about the ongoings of celebrities okay good to know excellent all right we're going to talk more about this later um because i can hop off of this but yeah i'm really excited for this later. so when when is the the newspaper will launch around the same time that the novel will, or is it going to be like promo material? What are you thinking? I'm I'm hoping um, to release it as a book because I usually I self publish. So whenever I self publish, I try to like give you an incentive to buy the book, uh, like as a pre sale sort of thing because it costs money. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, yeah. So, so the it's again I'm not even halfway through the novel. Um, so I don't really know when it's going to be done, but my, my goal is for it to be done in February, which is a completely arbitrary goal. Just one that, that you I, happen to set for yourself. Yes. That I will hit or I won't. And then I'll go into a weird depressive funk for a week. I don't know. We'll see when we get there. But the idea is, um, when the novel is released, it will have um, a couple like wanted posters, a missing poster, all of the, I have a brochure pr- printed out about the, the official history of the town. And oh, it's going so to come awesome. and it'll come with mm-hmm. the newspaper, but you can also get the newspaper separate. You know what I mean? Like, so uh, that's, that's the goal. Um, very nice. And I intend, and I intend on like anybody that has helped me with any of it mm-hmm. to just give the things that they helped me make. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to ask you for help and then charge you five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just give it to you. You know what I mean? Okay, but, that's fair. But the idea is, yeah, it's going to be all all bundled together, um, sort of like a, a supplemental, you know, like. <laughs> 
like the the extra DVD in a DVD. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I got you. Yeah. I was gonna say, well, on on that point, um, I know because I have purchased uh, one of your books. I purchased The Darkness at the Door. Um, yeah. And you know, I was I thought it was just awesome when you know I opened the package and all those little extras were in there. And I was just yeah. like, oh man, I this is this is gonna be an experience, you know. You had a, a handwritten book cipher. Yeah. A, a Polaroid that I designed. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was really cool and like immediately got just got me into this mood where I was just like, oh man, am I ready to read and know what the fuck is gonna happen in this book? Here's the and thing was, about that. It's it so unique. Yeah. You don't you don't really see that with anybody and, and I think that this model that you've created for this, I I think it has an unbelievable amount, a tremendous amount of potential, especially because it's all handmade. And like, I I get it. You may not be attempting to do it in order to, you know, get rich or become wildly successful. Maybe you are. That's, that's for you to decide. But I just think that if, if for lack of a better phrase, and and I know how vapid this is going to sound, but like, you know, if word caught on of, of you doing this, I, I mean, it could explode. It's such a unique experience. And I think it fucking should, in my humble opinion. Um, I have a, I have a bad uh, reputation with some people. There's, there's certain people that don't want to see me do good. Which oh, is right. Fine. So that's fair. But Justin, I'm not talking about in central Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. You said getting rich and famous. The, the idea is that I just, uh, I don't want to self publish anymore. I want somebody else to do all that for me, but I have no, like, I have no desire to be famous or even rich. Uh, just want to make a living writing books. That's it. You want to be able to, your primary source of income come from, from your novels. Right. Yeah. I think that that's, I think that that's, I'm not going to say noble, but I think that that's understandable. I think that that's reasonable. Um, and, Again, I think the model that you've created with uh, the additional pieces that go along with the book and making it a little bit more interactive outside of just imagining yourself as this character in this alternate world, I th- right. it's just, it's so fucking inventive and I absolutely adore it. Um, so, you know, good, good job. <laughs> please, please keep doing it. Uh, and I'm, yeah. I was very humbled that you approached me and, um, you know, that we chose to continue to work with me on this. Like I just, I, I am so enthusiastic about, well, just everything in general in life, but being able to take part in an artist whose work I admire's work is, was really spectacular. Um, so thank you for that. Um, yeah, you're welcome, man. Thank you've you also, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you've all, I, I've also submitted a couple of photos to you and you've shown me some of the ones that you've taken and, and that you've been planning to use. And are those meant for the mirror or are you using those to illustrate the town in another way? Or what are you planning yeah. on using with those? Genuinely, this is the complete truth. I have about 90 photos. Holy fuck. Uh, that they're all like the Instax. You know, my wife bought an Instax camera and like, I just drag her around Sunbury like, hey, you take a picture of that. That's creepy. Because, <laughs> like, I, uh, I have this thing where everything that I do is shit in my head. But if somebody else does it, it's amazing. Ah. So, so as long as someone else is involved, it just elevates it enough that you're okay but, with it. Right. So I'll see something yeah. that's creepy. 
and I know that if I would take a picture of it, like, ah, I didn't do it right and blah, blah, blah. But if I tell the, tell my wife to like, take a picture of that, just whatever, I don't you figure it out every single time. It's amazing because hmm. it, it captured what I wanted through somebody else's eyes, I suppose. But Very like, nice. um, as far as, as working with other people too, um, Benjamin Owens, uh, Benji, I don't know. I don't know him that well, but, uh, he's a local photographer. I think, um, I don't know where he's based out of Mifflinburg, Middleburg. I don't know. He's an amazing photographer. Um, you guys should definitely check him out, but I, um, he had this drone shot that he did and I, I absolutely loved it. And I, just arbitrarily, I had no idea where I was going to use it or if I could use it. I just messaged him right away. And I was like, I really love this picture. Um, please let me give you any amount of money or art or anything <laughs> just so that you, you will think about like saying, okay, I can use it. And he was like, yeah, just tell people that I took it and we're square. So wow. now I have this. I have this really amazing drone shot that I'm, I want to use, but I don't know where or how or in what context. And it's like, I think more than anything, that's the thing that I'm, I'm stuck on because it's such a beautiful shot. It needs to be used. Um, so I don't know if it's going to be on the cover or if I'm going to spring for full color pages and just, put it right in the fucking middle. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. uh, In my opinion, it it needs to be seen and it, it perfectly encapsulates the feel of how I view sea Haven. Well, what if you did, and feel free to just completely ignore this, but what if you did it like it was um, one of those uh, fold out posters that you would get in the teen magazines? Right. I, some, in some form that picture is going to um, show up or be used. Um, the nice. the photos that the photos that you had sent me, um, along with the Instax, are sort of if I ever hit a writing block, you just study those pictures because I'm I'm a very visual sort of. I need to be immer- immersed in it, you know. So those photos, I might not use them publicly but they are a, a source of like, all right, I got to get writing on this because this world exists and that picture shows it. Oh, wow. Very nice. So I don't know. I don't know where they're going to show up if they show up, but. Now, it, uh, something I just thought of that um, is complete tangent, but that I thought would be interesting for this discussion um, is like, that reminds me a lot of like, as an actor, there are certain mm-hmm. things that, uh, I know I use especially costume pieces. Like there are certain costume pieces that I'll use that once I put them on, like that's sort of like a trigger piece for me where I'm like, okay, I can be this character now. You fucking method right. actor. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, okay. No, that's not about method acting. That's just about getting into character. I'm just fucking with you, dude. Uh, yeah. yeah no, there I, are, I don't know if I'm a psychopath or what it is, but historically, whenever I've needed to go on stage, I couldn't, I can't think of a single time that I wasn't able to just kind of flick a switch and I was the character. Um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't 
So I'm just saying that because I don't relate to what you're saying. Like, I get it. The costume kind of tells the story and I can see how that could help somebody else. But for me personally, that's not something that I typically have difficulty with. I'm just there. Yeah, not myself either, but I know that that's a very common thing for people. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's why Daniel Day-Lewis spends whole months as Abraham Lincoln, right? When he's trying to be Abraham Lincoln. Um, yeah, D- Daniel Day-Lewis is a, uh, an interesting... He is the most method, method actor. He is method man. <laughs> method man thinks he's method man, but Daniel Day-Lewis is method man. <laughs> You're not wrong. I feel like I've just committed some kind of blasphemy by saying that. Method yeah, like, uh, like th- that's something I always find really interesting is, uh, like those things that get people in their headspace to be creative. Well, like you were saying, Jeremy, about like when you cook. Yeah. And those are the sorts of things I find really cool. Yeah. So yeah, those, those pictures, um, I want to use them, but really it it comes down to, they are serving a purpose now. (laughs) Yeah. Oh no. I think I fucking love that. That's what they're doing. Like if that's all they do, I will be so thrilled that that's what's happened. So I'm 1000% cool with that. Um, I was just curious, uh, on, on where that might show up. So, uh, you know, Justin, I've had an outrageously good time talking to you. I really appreciate you taking the time to come in here and talk with us today on the show. Uh, we didn't hit the topic, um, which is almost like a an unspoken goal for me at this point, is to see if we can just engage in enough organic conversation about things to, to not need these topics that I've written down for us to discuss. And um, it was effortless to be able to do that with you. So again, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking with us today. Absolutely, man. Anytime. Uh, yeah. And so um, with that, uh, I am interested. I know that uh, there's not a lot of um, interaction that, that thrills you to the core, but if, if, you, if people wanted to find you on any of the social medias, is there anywhere that they should look for you? Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I have uh, an author page on Amazon. Um, I will certainly be linking that in the show notes then as well so that people can find it. Right. I think that's about it. Like everything I, I not to, if you're going to get a hold of me because you want to buy something or want to talk to me about the things that like you're interested in, I'm not saying don't talk to me. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying that like there was a level of customer service that I didn't, really like i'm a a fairly approachable guy honestly i would agree i would agree so so let me be a little bit more specific um do you mind saying uh the username that they can find you on if they look for you on instagram or what have you i don't remember uh it's (laughs) (laughs) all right that's fine i'll I'll throw it in the show notes we don't have to we don't have to hit you with the pop quiz that's perfectly fine uh if you guys wanted to contact the show we're on instagram at whiskers podcast we're also on twitter at Mag Whisk, that's M-A-G-W-H-I-S-K. And you can find me on Twitter at RemyX0, where the O is the number zero. Colby, where are they going to search you down? You can find me on Twitter at, at LVNDRIS91. All right. Thanks again so much, everybody, for listening. And again, to you, Justin, for joining us on the show. And uh, we can't wait to see you guys next time.